organizations are using patient safety indicators, or PSIs, developed by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality to gauge where they stand on safety and adverse events. Improving these indicators is crucial to improving patient care, and on this episode, we'll feature a team that is having great success improving patient safety indicators. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality of Vizient. And on this episode of our award-winning podcast, I welcome back fellow physician and hospitalist, Dr. Dev Manuro, and two members of his team who worked with him to reduce PSIs at their organization. Dev, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be back. So why don't you remind the listeners about your background and what you do in your current position? Tom, I'm an adult hospitalist at Sanford Medical Center, Fargo. I'm also one of the board of directors here and serve as the quality and safety physician advisor alongside CDI physician advisor role that I fulfill. I'm very passionate about quality and safety, as you know, and we're here to discuss some additional interventions that we have put in place in our institution. Yeah, it's actually been a pleasure knowing you and the great work you've been doing. So we're also going to be introducing a new team member to the podcast. Rachel, tell us a little bit about your background in your current role. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So my name is Rachel Lake. I am a nurse at Sanford Health. I've been in nursing for 11 years, spent many years on a med search floor as a charge nurse and have been in the quality improvement advisor role for the last three, focusing mostly on elements within the safety domain, especially patient safety indicators. And then we also have a third person joining us today, ladies and gentlemen, KZ, same thing for you. Can you tell us about your background and what you do? I'm Khalid Zarik, and I'm a trauma and critical care surgeon at Sanford Health. I have been in this role for the past 10 years. I have been involved in quality through the peer review process in the surgery department for the past seven years. Since January 2023, I have been appointed the surgical quality officer at Sanford Health. Rachel, so let's level set. What are PSIs? So PSIs are patient safety indicators and they're potentially preventable complications or adverse events that can occur during a patient's hospitalization or just as a result of a patient receiving care. So there's multiple safety indicators that cover the span of adult, pediatric, and obstetric populations. They were developed by AHRQ, which is a government agency that works closely with CMS to set safety standards in health and safety in an organization. So most struggle or particularly clinicians struggle with understanding them, don't they? They do. And I think physicians are well known to complications. They know what they need to do to avoid them. I think it's just that they're categorized in a different manner and they have very specific inclusion and exclusion criteria that isn't always talked about. Yes. Particularly when you go to locations, they always bring up, particularly the quality officers, bring up the PSI 90s. What are those exactly? Yeah, so PSI 90 is a composite measure of 10 patient safety indicators that AHRQ and CMS has chosen as kind of obviously a composite measure, but really it categorizes kind of the top 10 hitting ones that have a relatively high harm weight as well as prevalence in our patient population. And so just running through them, PSI 3 is pressure ulcer, so it's a stage 3, 4 unstageable, so definitely speaking to the severe. PSI 6, iatrogenic pneumothorax. PSI 8, in-hospital fall with associated fracture. PSI 9, post-operative hemorrhage or hematoma. PSI 10, acute kidney injury requiring dialysis. PSI 11 is post-operative respiratory failure. PSI 12 is perioperative DVT or PE. PSI 13 is post-op sepsis. And then into the more strictly surgical realm, PSI 14 is wound dehiscence. And PSI 15 is accidental puncture laceration in an abdominal pelvic organ. Thank you. But there's also another term that it's important for our listeners. That's HACRP. Yeah. So HACRP, or also known as the Hospital Acquired Conditions Reduction Program, which is a value-based purchasing program developed by CMS, 
based off of data for six quality measures. So one of the six quality measures, which is significantly dependent on documentation of medical claims, is that data in the PSI-90 composite score. So the other five measures are really chart-abstracted measures and include a lot of our hospital-acquired infections, specifically CAUTI, CLABSI, colon SSI, abdominal hist SSI, MRSA bacteremia, and C. diff infection. So on an annual basis, CMS evaluates overall hospital performance by calculating those total HAC scores. And each of the measures has an equally weighted contribution to the total HAC score. Hospitals with a total HAC score greater than the 75th percentile of all total HAC scores in the nation are considered to be poor performing institutions in relation to quality and safety and are subjected to a 1% payment reduction. Whether that doesn't sound like that much for a large hospital, this is typically over $1 million. Yeah. When you're dealing with most organizations that are struggling just to maintain a margin of 2 to 3%, that 1% from CMS dollars can be very significant. Absolutely. You know, you brought up the importance of documentation. At Vizient and actually through this podcast, we've had multiple podcasts about the importance of documentation and even just the importance, even though the CDI or clinical documentation improvement efforts roll up to revenue cycle, we've highly suggested that there be a dotted line to quality. Is that something that you guys consider? Yeah, absolutely. So we partner with our CDI teams on a daily basis and they don't see all of our patients, but they have a set group in which they do prioritize. And so that's another reason it's important to have a quality professional looking at these cases that maybe CDI doesn't see and then can pull them into cases for that secondary review. Yeah, that's a key point. So if I understand this right, Sanford Medical Center had opportunity with PSIs in 2021, correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct. So as you know, there's a lag in CMS data. And with that, it's very difficult to identify current gaps, implement interventions, and evaluate outcomes using that CMS data alone. So Vizient Clinical Database came in very handy, very timely. They provide close to real-time data to our PSI performance, allow rapid identification of gaps, and allow us to further facilitate interventions. And so they provide the opportunity to compare institutions' data against organizations in the same cohort of institutions, really allowing meaningful benchmarking so that we're comparing our institution to other academic medical centers. In 2021, our safety domain ranking, which includes performance in five of the measures included in PSI 90, among other elements such as the HAIs, we ranked 87 out of 101. So it would have been a very challenging endeavor without the Vizient Clinical Database, which allows us to access that encounter level details for each case. So Deb, recognizing there was an opportunity, what were the objectives? We set out some overarching objectives and we only had three, but those three objectives are far so bigger than what they look like or they sound. Reducing patient safety and adverse events was our first objective because ultimately that is what we want. It's not about the numbers. It's not about getting recognized. It's about us trying to ensure that we deliver that safe and effective care for our patients. The second aspect that we then identified as an objective was accurate capture of these patient safety and adverse events. Finally, we recognized that there was a gap in aspects relevant to collaboration. So we felt keeping that as an objective to develop collaboration between clinicians, quality, CDI, health information management, and coding teams was important. So these were the three main objectives that we set forth for our project and our safety work. So even though you just bring it up as three objectives, it's really kind of world hunger because it's multiple issues that you're trying to deal with here. So can you please explain the process, the structure you developed to address these PSIs and what was the primary or even the vital steps involved in doing this? 
I think the steps that I will be sharing, each of them is very important. I'd like to start with the first and critical step that we felt was sort of the most important thing to have for this project. That is creating or hiring a position for a PSI nurse reviewer and having a partner quality physician advisor. So this is the first and foremost step that we found beneficial. And we continue to see the benefit of this partnership and these positions. Further along, executive leadership prioritization is very important. If the executive leadership does not support this work or doesn't believe in this work, then it's going to be very challenging. Then computer-assisted coding software program and stop-bill process was the next step. Establishing contacts in CDI, coding, and health information management teams. Education to undergraduate, very important graduate, APP, PA, physicians, and nurses. You can't discount that at all because that's one of the important steps that's brought us to where we are. Non-punitive PSI letter notification process and conversations, collaboration with Nesquip, TQIP, nurse and physician team members, and loop closure on identified trends and takeaways to department and leadership. All of these steps are very important, Tom, starting with the first one, like I said, that's sort of like the foundation. And further along, I'd like to add that if organizations have the capacity, they should look at including a surgeon or a surgical quality officer who is trained or is willing to get trained in PSI work, because that's a key piece to add on for bigger centers as well. I want to learn more about Rachel's role as the nurse reviewer or her perspectives, but you brought up a very key point that it wasn't peer review, but more performance improvement towards education, towards providers. Can you elaborate on that more? Because I think that that is a key role in this kind of improvement. Yeah, Tom. So what happens is clinicians know that you shouldn't be harming the patients and doing the right thing, but they really have this gap in their learning about health system sciences. We've talked about this at our prior podcast also, that we never get told that health system sciences is a big chapter. What can we actually do to help with that? And how is this important for the patients, for the institutions, and for themselves? Because, see, the accountability starts with patients, followed by clinicians and institutions. Because if you don't have that roof on top of you, how will you care for the patients? So we have to do this together. So I think that's what we try to hit on, because that education is very important. We know once clinicians know what they're supposed to do and why they're doing it, they'll never fail, right? When do you see patients not receiving the right bedside care too commonly? We don't. That's because they're told that's what they're supposed to do. So I think it's important to share that education across for clinicians. And that should start from undergraduate medical education because you shape clinicians from there onwards. And we have been doing interventions on that. Everyone, great discussion. Next episode, we'll continue examining what you've done at Samford Health. And to our listeners, you can contact the Samford team at their email addresses in the research section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email at modernpracticepodcast at vizianinc.com. We've also posted a link in our research section as well. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>